what's going on there, pals? This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown, and we're back at it again. And just like Brian Cage, we just won't stop coming back. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> damn it, I was really hoping you'd be available for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I was just seeing where I didn't know where it was going. Fuck it. Like Brian Cage, you can't believe that we just keep coming back for more. All right, um, five fucking years. Let's go. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I, was that in news? If so, I don't mean to step on news, but you know, I actually didn't even have it. But fuck you it. know, hey, Brian Cage, I guess we'll be seeing some more of you. I'm hoping it's a Ring of Honor contract. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, like there was some interesting wrestling this week. It wasn't like it's like one of those weeks I like to talk about every now and then, which is like most weeks where like there was a couple really good matches this week, but like. There wasn't anything earth-shattering, you know. Um, there were some pretty good match ratings, which I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about the individual matches. Um, and obviously, we'll get into our favorites here in a bit. But before I get into that, unless there was something you wanted to add, Charlie. Nope, nope, yep. Okay, yeah, with, uh, before, uh, yeah. Before I get into that, uh, just uh, you know, a few orders of business to take care of at the top of the show. Uh, this might be the first time you're listening to this, you know, this pod, this show, this this uh, this you know beautiful uh, consortium uh, of. Uh, of uh, wrestling goodness, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the you know, you might want to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke, that's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E, and at uh, O Charlie with an X instead of an A for Charlie. And you can also follow the podcast at Eat Sleep Elite, and you can uh, interact with us. And, you know, we're trying to build a little wrestling community over there. Hit us with a follow, we'll hit you with a follow back. And, uh, you know, whatever whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know, Pandora, whatever you're listening to this on. Make sure you follow and or subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode, so make sure you stay locked in and stay eat, sleep, elite all day. Absolutely, and uh, thanks to uh, everyone who checked out the show last week. It was one of our bigger episodes we've ever had. And Shoutouts to the Brits, Jamie yeah, Hader, enjoyers. Big influx of United Kingdom uh, viewers. So hey, if you guys are here and you're checking out another show, thanks for stopping by. And absolutely, know, as as you yeah. learn the deal, we. We always start out with our favorites. I mean, is there a better way to start out than talking about the things you love? I mean, honestly. I mean, to be honest with you, when I first started this show, or when I – look at me taking credit for the whole thing. When you first brought this show to me, actually, because I didn't even come up with the idea for this one. Although, I'll admit, I don't know if I've told you this, but uh, literally the week that you came to me, I was literally going to message you about doing a show. It wasn't going to be about AEW. It was but when the stars aligned. I was going to do – I was like, I was going to literally come to you and be like, we should do some kind of wrestling thing. Because, like, I just – I wanted to do a podcast with you. I didn't really matter if it was wrestling, so. Yeah. Um, But – because we hadn't done anything in a while. But – um. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I was thinking because there's this other podcast that I listen to. I won't name it because you know they're you know they're 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 a completely different topic. I mean, maybe I'll I'll talk about it someday. But they they do a thing at the beginning of every week of their show where they share something they learned, and I thought that's really interesting and an interesting hook to get somebody at the beginning of a podcast. So I wondered um, if there was a way I could pull that off in in the wrestling way, and I just it was the first thing that came to mind. So. Um, I remember that being the only reason I really pitched you for this show is that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, other than that, uh, but it, I just think it's a good, th- I, honestly, Charlie, and this is to everyone else in the listening as well. I, I honestly just like being positive nowadays. Like I spend way too much time in my daily life going through and like, dr- like, you know, in like dread and misery. And like, 
I feel like, you know, wrestling, there's a lot of that that goes around too, especially with how people get treated in certain companies. So like, I just feel like everyone wants to hear something positive. You know, I saw a tweet from Roosh today that was like Tim talking about how like people are saying that they want him to be international champion or ring of honor world champion. I'm one of those people, by the way, I've said it on the podcast like the last couple of weeks. I just want to say, I've been saying ring of honor champion Roosh would be a great, would be a great thing to get to eventually once you get a face champion in there, you know? Um, but anyway, um, you know, like just small things like that, you know, I just, I like spreading positivity, you know, ever since, um, we started this show, I, it just felt like the right thing to do. You know, there's so much negativity in the IWC, you know, but enough, enough rambling on that. Uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, as John Moxley likes to say, I had the ball this week, you know, I, I'm the ace of, uh, of the ESE podcast this week. Um, and, uh, you know, cause obviously ace is clearly an interchangeable title that you can switch back and forth every week. Um, <laughs> uh, we're starting off with uh, the best wrestler in AEW, Orange Cassidy. Um, <laughs> hottest take of the century, but no, but uh, no, actually, I think he's he's pretty up there though. I think he might be top ten for me, at least maybe even top five. Um, just like at least you know what I'll say this: even if you don't think he's up there with like Danielson and Omega, I think you could say in terms of entertainment, he's definitely in like the top lab. I think it would be like let me just do the top three right now. For me, it'd be like Danielson. And then, like, the Elite, then the Acclaimed, and then probably Orange Cassidy right behind that group, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of entertaining, when I when I watch the match, I'm going to have fun. Maybe Lucha Bros in there somewhere, too, you know? And we um, know with this title reign, he's just raising his everlasting stock price. I mean, honestly. Damn, it's like the Orange Cassidy is becoming Willy Wonka. I like it. Anyway. Um, this is the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> we need that. Willy, do you imagine if when they go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, he does, like, some Willy Wonka shit? Anyway. Um, I like those odds. Exactly. Uh, I still haven't watched the Mandalorian episode this week. Are you guys gonna flame me in the uh, in the reviews for that one? All right. Anyway. Headshot. Yeah. True. Dead. Anyway. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, I guess I'll get into the match. Um, buddy, just with the incredible entrance stuff. I mean, I just love how intense all the the House of Blacks intros are. Like Julia Hart, I think, is the best one out of all of them. A group intro is pretty good. Uh, but Buddy's is pretty good as well. Um, I, I really like how they're treating Buddy, dude. He feels like an actual star. Um, and what I also loved about this match, Charlie, was before the bell even really rang, there were already, this is wrestling chants. And I was just like, this crowd knows. They, <laughs> they you, get it. Did you feel at all during this match at any point that there was a chance Buddy could win it? I think we talked about it on the podcast last week. So I, I took a second to think about that. Um, I, I took that nice dead air there. I, I, t- I was thinking about this because I think we said something about it on the pod last week that it was a good chance that we thought he might win it here because, you know, um, they did, one, they did that before with the, you know, the international championship with Pac and um, obviously and um, and uh, you know, Death Triangle having the trios titles as well. Um, but, I mean, for one, I, I think Buddy has been one of those people that has been o- under you know overlooked for, like, mid-card, even to a world title potential contention throughout his career. So I, I think it just made sense. It's one of those ones where you're like, okay, there's a person in a title match that I could see winning it. Um, throughout the match, I, there was a couple of times. I, I couldn't name you an exact near fall, although I will say this match had S-tier near falls, and I literally wrote that in my notes. It's the last thing I wrote was that, like, all the near falls, especially toward the end, just absolutely nuts. Um and uh oh so they did this big spot so it was building off and i'm glad i noted this last week when i talked about orange cassidy because um they they had him hit punch the belt at the end of the last match right which led into him having a hand injury in this match which they played up a lot um and there was a whole spot 
where the doctor was checking his hand, and then as soon as the doctor let it was clear, he just stomped straight on his hand. I just love, it. but oh, Buddy just it was so you know, good, just good stuff from Buddy. You know, good heel stuff. And he, you know, and uh, just the vicious attacking on the hand. Um, they went with that for this. You know, uh, it's good stuff. Eighteen title defenses. Let's just throw that out there as a, as a number. Eighteen title defenses. That's like. It's and the now, longest title defense streak in AEW, right? Like, and now and now nineteen as we're recording this because that's, he defended that's true. In New yeah, Japan for wrestling in Japan. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Oh um, shit! We which we still have to watch that match just as a I guess a podcast proclaimer. We'll we'll have seen that by next week, but yeah, that match literally is happening. You know, a couple hours ago. So yeah, we haven't gotten to that one yet. But um, I mean, and I'm from all I've seen, it was another fun title defense against Gabriel Kidd. So. Yeah, I guess. there was a uh, avalanche DV, the avalanche DDT spot at one point, which uh, Buddy sold the absolute shit out of. Um, Piss missile. Yeah, and then he sold. Uh, he just sold like a beast. They both were it's like to Orange Cassidy. I often find myself even in matches where he's winning, talking about his selling. But in this match, it was just like the two like underrated selling beasts of the of the independent scene of the last like you know however many years. Not not the best best, but like two of the best. And again, yeah. two guys that have kind of been overlooked at, at various points in their careers. So it's like it went. It's like when the stars align. You kind of put it perfectly uh, when when yeah, I mean, uh, when you when you said that earlier. Like it, it's poignant because like that's what this match was. These two guys were just like, yeah, we're both two of the best wrestlers in the world. We're just gonna we're just gonna go out there and show that. But you know, it wasn't good enough, Charlie, to get a four star rating from Dave Meltzer. And uh... <laughs> yeah. So um, again, this Orange Cassidy title reign. I mean. I hate sounding like a broken record if you guys are listening to us every week, but it's just simply incredible, and it, it keeps getting better. And in a way, the Orange Cassidy title rate has kind of been like the story of the Mandalorian, and mainly the first two seasons, about it really being like a, a Western, if you will, where the journey is, the, you know, the episode is the journey. And the title match, every title match he's on, it is its own separate little journey, and it's kind of like Orange Cassidy's title reign is a Western movie fucking put that in the headlines there you go no but um we're in a company where we have two television titles we got the tnt and the international and i I gotta say the international title to me in my eyes now it's it's up there and i saw from grapsity phil Lindsay kind of this week talking about and as the international title surpassed the tnt title and you know it's only been two reigns but my fucking god have they been fun and great so you know in a way maybe it has and I think you were saying this to me, was it earlier this week or like last week, that whoever beats Orange Cassidy for this at this point, it's going to make whoever that is. You know what I mean? It's like, going to be big. It is going so, to be big. Whether which it's is crazy to think because it's like, I don't, I still don't think it's ending anytime soon, which is even crazier. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm starting to think more and more this is going to end like, uh, not end. Uh, it it needs to be title. a big pay-per-view match, right? It can't be like. Like, I don't think we could even picture right now who's going who's gonna to win this title. It's just going to happen. Right, it, it's just gonna literally be, maybe it's a, you know, a Kenny Omega or fucking something insane, just something completely random. Kota Ibushi, Dude, it, Kenny, you know? Kenny winning this title. I mean, maybe Kenny drops the U.S. title. You know, maybe at some it's point. Jay White. Maybe Jay White takes. Jay this White title. would be a good. That'd be a good pull because Jay know, White's so, gonna need something to do with the next pay per view because I don't think they're gonna have him going against Ricky. I think that'll be what juices pay per view matches. You know what I mean? So. So now, so Orange has held this title. I mean, there is a technically. You could say he's held it since March 15th, but Orange Cassidy has held the title since October 12th, 2022. You know, he is now up to, what is that, like 180, 189, almost 190 days. By the time Dynamite rolls around, we're getting towards 200 days. 
and it's uh it's not looking like it's slowing down anytime soon. So that being said, that was not only our that was not our only great match this week because I we were kind of talking about this off the top a little bit. There was two like really high quality matches on Dynamite, and I believe another one was the opener. We had the two Seattle guys, Darby Allen, Swerve Strickland. You toss in uh, Nick Wayne, you got Defy Wrestling right there. And, you know, Swerve here, Swerve takes the L. But in AEW, you can take the L, and it's not the end of the world. And by the end of the night, he also got some rub back, so it didn't, you know, it didn't kill him. We had Brian Cage in his short shorts. Uh, Holy hell. I think the guy's just huge, because those things look like the man was out there in some fucking... Tiny shorts, uh, but no, the Mogul Embassy, as it's being dubbed, you know, it's a nice fit. I, I strictly needed guys that were heaters. With Parker Trench got hurt training, Parker got hurt in a match. Everyone's going down, so we needed to swerve to get some new backup here, obviously. And I got to tell you, I I know the thing about Darby Allen sometimes is for some reason the style he wrestles. You would think it would start to get repetitive, but yet somehow he just mixes in these little things each and every time. And between him and Swerve also knowing each other so well, and I like the commentary played that up because, you know, all wrestling lore is lore in AEW. So they played it up. These guys really know each other. And you can still see the road rash. I mean, <laughs> it's got hit by a fucking truck, got hit by a car. But no, um, basically. What ends up happening here is this kind of ends up working into a promo segment, which we're not going to talk about right now since it is pretty long. We'll get to that uh, when we start covering Dynamite in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, pretty much once not Prince Nana and Brian Cage are going up the ramp, they uh, Strickland hits a house call kick and a double stomp off the top for a really close two. Brian Cage, you know, he's getting interrupted. He trips up Darby Allen long enough for Swerve to attempt to use a chair, but thought better as the ref was staring right at him. Strickland rolled right into a code red for the two. Darby hits the last supper for the pin. So I just realized both of these matches ended. One ended on the mousetrap and one ended on the last supper. We just needed freaking uh, Wheeler to come in and do pick up a win with the goddamn seatbelt. And we would have had the freaking tr- the hat trick. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah, pretty much. And then MJF's music hits. And we'll, we'll get it. To, if it wasn't so long-winded, we'll get into that. But, I mean, Darby Allen was our first, like, 35 minutes of Dynamite. And I thought he crushed it. Um, any other thoughts you had from this one? And, uh, you know, Swerve, anytime we get to see Swerve wrestle on TV, it's a good thing, right? (laughs) He bit his fucking foot. Oh my God, the foot. How could I forget? He ripped off his boot and was fucking gnawing at his foot. Fucking teething. Nom, 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 nom. This was someone biting Kenny Omega. This was someone biting a foot. And we need, uh, I thought I was watching an Ace Steel match. I thought we were getting ready for a Darby versus Marina Shafir match. Hey yo. Hey yo. No, but um Yeah, uh so that is it for our favorites unless you had anything else you wanted to chime in with there. Yeah, that was uh, you know, I I I I thought both matches were really fun. I, I, I thought yeah. the first like 30, 40, whatever it was like I was I guess like the first hour of Dynamite was just to kind of kick ass, you know what I mean? It's like some really intense wrestling, you know. Um and Slowly, I think, across the rest of the matches, across the rest of the week. They were good. There's just, you know, like... Um, well, some good Ring of Honor stuff to get into, too. Yeah. So, which... Yeah, uh, absolutely. We'll, so, we'll I mean, and there was some here. good stuff, like, you know, Aussie Open at the match and stuff, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so... All right. Um, what we're going to do now is we got some news that we're going to hit. 
including a little bit of results for you know some Ring of Honor and some of the New Japan stuff. R O H R O H. And then um and then we dive into Dynamite and Rampage and a little bit of preview for next week because we got a fully loaded show next week, including uh Vikingo back on AEW. So, okay, let's kick us off with the news, including Commander back on AEW. Yeah. Will Ospreay has been cleared to compete at uh, One Pro Wrestling all or nothing on April 22nd. Lord Willard. So hopefully he's going to be wrestling uh, folks. Where is the lie? He's wrestling Bobby Fish. Um, So good for Will. It's good that he's cleared. And hopefully that means he can get back to New Japan soon. I've become something of a lightning rod for controversy. Ouch. God damn it. So people were asking Hangman Page about house rules, and he pretty much said, they're a good opportunity for younger guys to learn. They're a good opportunity for guys like me to let our hair down, have fun, not worry about the constraints of television. So I'm really excited about that. It's a good good opportunity. Good, good to hear Hangman's like taking Roanoke. advice from the older wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, like Roanoke, like Salem. Maybe it's a test, and if it does really well, maybe we'll come back there with TV next time. That's what a house show should always be. It's If it runs really well there and the crowd wants wrestling, you fucking go back there, even if it's a smaller market. Or how do you even have an AEW wrestler's court? CM Punk doesn't drink. How, who, who's going to buy him booze? Oh, shit. This is true. So, you know, one of the things everyone's been kind of wondering about is uh, Santana. You know, he hasn't been seen in AEW in nearly a year since his uh, brutal injury. At uh... Not to jump the shark, but I saw, like, he's been injured. That's why he's not been on TV, right? Yes, it happened uh, during the Blood and Guts match. And, you know, ever since then, Ortiz... Is kind of had a little bit of a rough go on his own. He had the little thing with Eddie Kingston there for a little bit, but it just ultimately ended up going nowhere. So this honestly, dude, you know what sucks about that feud? If they had let it go somewhere, I it the two of them could have done something. They're both talented enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So Fightful's been inquiring about it. You know, trying to reach out, and as they said, Santana is still with AEW, and. It, this made headlines. It said he's been paid through the duration of his injury. Again, I assume that would be the same with, like, everywhere, but maybe it's not. Um, we should reiterate, reiterate his contract expiration was never clarified, and a familiar source with AW deals said that if Santana's deal was up in, se- in September, as he'd hinted on social media, AW could attempt to keep him in the company a couple months past his injury as the amount of contracted time he would have left when injured. So, so that would be the precedent in AEW generally when people get injured? Um, yeah, they wrestle the time that they would have when they weren't, if they weren't injured, you know what I mean? Um, which I mean, from AEW's perspective makes sense, but I'm sure for some of those wrestlers, it's annoying if they have places they'd rather, you know, wrestle. If it's not AEW, I don't know. Um, I remember there was a lot of rumors when he first disappeared that like, he just didn't want to be in a tag team with Ortiz anymore or something like that, which obviously isn't, I'm assuming the case. I mean, if he's, if he's still around now, you'd think if that was the case, he would have just there would be no news about him and he would just disappear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, uh, I guess if we learn any more about that, we'll, we'll figure it out. But you know, there's some people that still, you know, we see it online all the time. Some people just think Andrade's just chilling out there. Like no Andrade just was able to work out for the first time in eight months. Like some of these guys are really hurt and you know, it's a, it's a long road back. It's Kyle O'Reilly. I'll, I'll admit it's confusing with some wrestlers because AEW just doesn't share information sometimes. I mean, to be honest, I, I assume it's the wrestlers not wanting to share it, but yeah, I, which is fine. That's 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 on them. It's their personal medical information. I mean, we don't have any right to Layla it. Hirsch but is just out of the company. But the reality is, she got hurt. You know, she's just 
It's, but like, now it's a waiting game. It also, it's been nice. I mean, it's not been nice. It's sucked. But like, it's it's also been nice to know that we've known for like, I don't know, like a year now that Chris Statlander has been out. You know what I mean? I guess if you're going to be out for a really long time and you know that, it's probably better to tell everybody. But I don't know. I, I just, sometimes I worry because I'm like, I really, really get like, the ones that like, because I've, I've already felt that level of disappointment with guys like Leo Rush who just never did anything in AEW because it just, it didn't last. You know, it didn't, it didn't, it just never happened. You know, like. Yeah, just never went the right way. So, <clears throat> all right, what do we got here? Let's let's jump into Ring of Honor. Uh, this is Ring of Honor episode fuck seven, maybe. Ring of Con. That sound right? Do you by chance? That's have the correct. Episodes? All right, perfect. Um, Mark Briscoe defeats Ari Dabari. Nothing, nothing too crazy here, but Briscoe won with the Jade Driller. After the match, everyone laid the boots for Briscoe before FTR made their way to the ring to even the odds. So. Yeah, FDR has has uh, Briscoe's back in Ring of Honor. Good to see. We then uh, see Eddie Kingston. It's kind of like a. It almost feels like it was shot like out on a fucking porch. <laughs> he spoke for the first time since Supercard of Honor. He revealed that he had been dealing with a hernia injury, which we covered last week. He was off the New Japan show for an injury, and we were like, "Well, hopefully we find out what's up." And since September, that may require surgery, but did not as use it as an excuse for losing. Uh, he had a strategy and abandoned it, resorting to fighting the same way Arturo Gotti did Wood in his fights. So, uh, Kingston then went on to say he admitted that Claudio was the better man, having beat Kingston so badly that he couldn't sleep that night. Kingston admitted that he wanted to quit, like Casanoli said he would before Supercard of Honor. However, Eddie said that he had to learn from his loss and move forward. I th- I, I love what Eddie's doing on Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I, I actually really enjoy that they're using it as an opportunity for him to like, kind of reinvent his character a little bit. That kind of post-Jericho is a little bit lost in the shuffle about where he was at. Because like, it, it seemed like about halfway through the Jericho feud, he wanted to turn sort of an edge to his character. And then, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe just because they didn't do this shit with Ortiz. Like, if they had leaned into it with Ortiz, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they had leaned into it with Ortiz, they could have turned Eddie fully healed. I, maybe, really I don't know if Ortiz know. would be more than a mid-carder, but, you know... And that and really that would be more about getting Eddie over because for... Eddie like kind of ate in that Jericho feud. He won ultimately, but like you know, for a, most of that feud, he kind of ate you know ate shit and just kind of sat in the background. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. and and was he planned for CM Punk? I mean, we, we all yeah. If if, if the yet. plan was for him to face Punk for the world title, then it makes sense that they gave him the Claudio match because he obviously wanted to have that matchup probably eventually anyway. Obviously, you know, because they needed to do something with that eventually but i think probably both of those guys would have preferred it to not be a title match you know but you know at least eddie gets his title match. you know what i mean like i don't know like hopefully that means that if cm punk does you know eventually come back um and and does eventually rewin the world title maybe that that can be a future thing but obviously a lot of things have to happen for that to happen um which maybe we'll get into more yeah uh sky blue picked up a victory she is still undefeated in ring of honor Darius Martin defeated Mike Bennett by disqualification, our first DQ in the Ring of Honor. And Matt David beat his ass, where we had the debut then of Action Andretti in Ring of Honor. I like the idea of teaming up Andretti with... Mama uh, Spaghetti. Yeah, I like the idea of teaming up Andretti with Darius while Dante's out. It's a good fit. Mama Spaghetti. Willa Yuta defeated Tracy Williams. It was a pretty solid match, I thought. Um, <clears throat> Hot sauce, Tracy Williams. I liked, I liked the announcers letting us know that Tracy, you know, served as a mentor for Yuta as he came up on the independent scene. 
So I thought that was a nice little touch. And then um, we jump into some action in the back where Darius <laughs> and Action Andretti, uh, they talk about how they're not going to let the Kingdom keep outnumbering them. So he recruited Andretti to help him out. They challenged the Kingdom to a future tag team match. Hey, I, I, I'm totally down for more Action Andretti. Um, Is this going to be the fifth trios partner for, for the Martins? I think so. ROH beer champion Katsuyori Shibata and Alex Coughlin defeated the Workhorsemen in a pretty fun fucking match, if we're being honest. Um, I thought Coughlin looked good. The Workhorsemen are being able to shine a little bit in Ring of Honor with some of these uh, good length matches. So it's an opportunity they don't really get on Dynamite or Rampage. Fuck, even Dark, they really don't get opportunities think, to get a lot of length matches. You don't think that they would pull, like, Takeshita versus Shibata as, like, a pure title match at some point. I think these motherfuckers got the stones to do it. Because that match could be awesome. It could be insane. I mean, it could be, like, it, that's a Japanese dream match for a lot of Japanese wrestling fans, probably, actually. Yeah. What do you think of Shane Taylor watching from the back? I, I like that Shane's constantly featured. I mean, if that's who they're thinking is one of his first opponents, as like he defends against Shane Taylor, bro. I mean, there's not many better that you can get for like, especially because like he can bend those rules. I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So Shibata ended up taking Henry down with a sleeper hold and a penalty kick for the win. After the match, his former student Coglin made a challenge to Shibata for his pure championship. So I'm sure we'll be seeing that pop up pretty soon. That that could genuinely be filmed at the next taping, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know. It might already be filmed for all we know. Um, Willow Nightingale defeated Little Mean Kathleen. Willow uh, got some rapping in her entrance here again with from uh, Ian this time. And yeah, AEW. That was almost my intro this week was AEW and Ring of Honor featured white guys rapping all over the place this week. Yo. Oh, my God. I kind of burned that fucking segment from Rampage out of my mind. Holy fuck. Fuck, that was bad. Oh, we'll get into that. You've never seen white people like this. Off beef. (laughs) Off beat as fuck. (laughs) Willow picking up a win. I'm cool with that. Let's get our baby face some wins. Stu Grayson defeated Tony Nese. Pretty fun match, actually. Uh, Grayson had some good control early on. Then, you know, Nese ends up getting it back. uh, I just thought they had some really good uh, chemistry together. You know? And Nese doesn't mind just taking the L here. After See, but match, we, what we didn't talk about, Charlie, is this started controversy. We'll get more into it on when we, when we talk about Dark, but but Taz is not happy that the gimmick has been stolen. Remix uh, Jones is out for blood. Be. He should be pissed. Uh, the Righteous came to the stage, stared down the Dark Order, and the announcers made it clear they were solely focused on Grayson. Righteous were backstage then. They insinuate that the Dark Order left Stu Grayson behind during his hiatus from AW, and that they want to help him out. That'd be a cool little twist, but... I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're doing that with the righteous. I think we're leading to a pretty nice main event match of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus the Righteous in a pretty. I mean that could be good. good I'm telling you what I want this Righteous to do, man. I mean, I'm, this is and I'm gonna keep, you know, shilling for the storyline to happen because I think it would be brilliant because he's got nothing to do right now. If you want something for Darius to do on Ring of Honor Television, have the Righteous go after him because even though he's never going to join them I don't think. I mean, maybe he even could for a little bit. I mean, they've done that kind of shit with like Dante. I know it was for like a week, but he even did technically join Team Taz briefly. So like if they can do that and then pull it back, they could do that with the Righteous too. And like I I I think back to even though a lot of people didn't like it at the time, the Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt storyline, you know? Um yeah. where he was kind of like in that group for a while even though that version of the Wyatt family wasn't people's favorite, I don't think. Um 
you know, I still think that he did a good enough job with it. I, I'm saying that I think if you you you're not going to make Darius, but I think it'd be interesting to see them try and get somebody who's like you know who need. I don't know. I just feel like if you you know because they're not going to do anything for a while. Like I think I agree with you. I think the the most that they're going to do is have like a tag match, but I don't think it's going to be like them versus like there's not enough righteous members for them to really take on the dark order i mean i guess the dark order has been kind of diminished numbers wise but still yeah it'll it'll be interesting to follow that i mean i there's some good ideas there yeah we had a uh proving grounds match between ashley diembois who we recently talked about she has been uh offered a contract so i'm assuming now that she's showing up here she's probably within the contract uh, she had a match with Athena, where I thought they actually had a pretty fun match. Um, all things considered, Ashley got some good offense in on Athena, and Athena looked like a fucking complete vicious badass. And again, just such a great world, you know, women's champion. I mean, Athena's been fucking awesome. Top rope O-Face for the win. Hey, hear me out. You know, we, we call people being all elite when they join AEW. What if when they join Ring of Honor, they joined the Honor Club? You are now part of the Honor Club. I can see it. The Honor Club. <laughs> the Balor Club. Lexi Nair is backstage with Diembaugh, who is hoping for more honor in ROH before getting attacked by Athena. She welcomes Diembaugh to ROH by throwing her head first into the title belt. I I gotta say, I, I thought she wrestled a pretty cool style, too. I, I We actually watched Ring of Honor together, and I made a note, I was like, to me, her wrestling style kind of it reminds me of Peyton Royce. Maybe it's the way she kicks. I don't know. There's like a certain thing she does where I get like Peyton Royce vibes, and I always thought Peyton Royce was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, this is one of those ones that like I noticed a while ago, and I was like, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Like I, I honestly like I I can't I can't confirm any of this because I don't have like you know extensive notes on this or anything. But if you were to go back through all the episodes of the podcast, like prior to Ring of Honor Television, like 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 four months before Ring of Honor Television was even announced, I was like l- rattling off all these random men and women that I was like, yeah, this person would be great on Ring like of Honor. All the people that I said are the Ring of Honor roster. Now I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying I made the Ring of Honor roster. I didn't. Tony Khan did. Tony Khan just realized that I don't have a place for a lot of these people, and that's kind of where I was thinking in my head. I was like. You know, I really want to see more out of these people, but there's just really nowhere for them right now, you know? Now there is, and I, I, it makes me happy, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> I was literally, that was one of our go-to things. We were like, well, we can see them in Ring of Honor. <laughs> and now it's here, and it's like, it's actually happening. It's cool to see. Shane Taylor, Ashley, you name it, even this episode. And then our main event, we had a perfectly fine main event here. ROH World Champion Claudio Casanova defeats Metalik to retain. This is his sixth defense of the title wait shane taylor the guy who loses you mean I, yeah i thought this was a pretty decent i mean it wasn't the greatest uh roh world title match or you know world championship match but it was pretty fun and uh yeah i i, I like that metalik actually got the spot in the main event because i i'm glad he's a name that we have here going forward on ring of honor so any other any other thoughts you had on this uh, main event before we move on uh, give me Metal League vs. Commander, please. Thank you. That'll be pretty, pretty good. Nick Aldis has we've we've know where he's landing now. It is not AEW. It is not WWE. He's at Impact Wrestling. He returned at Rebellion, and he's in the hunt for the Impact World Title. You know, I I I thought he'd be a pretty good WWE mid Carter. Not gonna lie, it was making sense. 
and uh, you know, I, I kind of bought into that. But WWE has now missed out on the Righteous, Jay White, and Nick Aldis all back to back. So, but they still got Eric Triple Jones L. Now. Former Johnny Elite won his boxing debut at Creator Clash Two. He beat the shit out of Epic Meal Times Harley Morenstein. Go Johnny, Johnny fucking uh, Johnny Elite. That, that that's a tough L for Harley. That's an old ass wrestler that beat your ass. Harley can't be like older than forty, right? Like I don't know. I don't know. Because I want to say he was in his thirties during Meal Time. So yeah, I think so. So here we go. We're gonna hit these New Japan shows really quick. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it. Um, actually, we'll just hit the. Uh... How, 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 how do you feel when one of your childhood heroes beats up one of your other childhood heroes? I feel great. <laughs> so TMDK. So we, this is New Japan. There was back-to-back New Japan Collision, and this is Capital Collision, where we had TMDK, which is Bad Dude Tito and Shane Hayes defeat the West Coast Wrecking Crew. We had the Jet Setters, Gabriel Kidd, Mike Bailey, and Volador Jr. defeat Chaos, Chuck Taylor, Leo Rush, and Rocky Romero with Clark Connors and the DKC. David Finley defeated A.R. Fox. After the match, Finley called Clark Connors to the ring and added him to the Bullet Club roster. So it sounds like Clark Connors is going to the new, the actual Japan Bullet Club. So, cool. That's a good spot for him. Right? I... I... I, again, I feel like I feel like it's gonna become a meme. Me taking credit for everything in wrestling. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna embrace it at this point. I'm I'm the new Matt Hardy. Um, you know the truth is the truth. Um, but I want to say I remember like just throwing that out there randomly for this guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. When the, we when we said Podstradamus continues. Podstradamus, goddamn. Um, New Japan World Television Champion Zack Saber Jr. defeated Tom Lawler. Tomohiro Ishii defeated El Desperado. Juice Robinson versus Fred Rosser. It never actually happened. Um, pretty much keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And Juice Robinson left. He was suspended by New Japan. Just five guys. Sonata, the world heavyweight champion, defeated uh, LIJ, Hiromu Takahashi, and Tetsuya Naito. Um, New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. Kenta defeated Eddie Edwards. New Japan Strong Open Tag Team Championship. We have new champions. Aussie Open defeated Tanahashi and Okada in the Motor City Machine Guns. They hold both tag titles in Aussie, New Japan Aussie, Aussie. We then jump to tonight's action. We had El Desperado and Volador Jr. defeat Delirious and Kevin Knight. Pure Rules. Alex Coughlin defeated Tracy Williams. So, that's pretty cool to see. It's one of our Pure Rules match. Clark Connors beat the living shit out of the DKC. Team Filthy, which is Jorrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, and Tom Lawler defeated TMDK. Bad dude Tito Shane Hayes and Zack Sabre Jr. That's a pretty big, that's a surprise result for me, actually. Just five guys, Sonata and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeated Homicide and Rocky Romero. AEW International Championship, Orange Cassidy defeated Gabriel Kidd. LIJ defeated Bullet Club. That's Takahashi and Naito defeating Chase Owens and Kenta. IWGP United States heavy, Heavyweight Title Number One Contender Tournament. Lance Archer defeats Fred Rosser, so Lance Archer moves on to Dominion. And then New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship Aussie Open defeats Leo Rush and Tomohiro Ishii. Chaos. So Aussie Open are on again a fucking roll. They're 
the role that they're on this year is, is honestly very, very fucking impressive. I think it's actually more intense than the role that FTR were on last year, which is insane. I th- yeah, I think it is. And so I'm sure we'll be watching their uh, But I will titles. say, they also, not, not to take anything away from FTR, they wrestle a lot harder of a style that they've already both been injured by a couple of times this year, that they've luckily not been out for very long, but... You know what I'm saying, like? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty impressive. It's uh, it's mostly a question of can they sustain it all year long, like a Kenny Omega or uh, I don't know someone else who wrestles a really hard style that can pull it off all year long. You know, like I, you know, not many people can. Even Kenny gets hurt. You know. Yeah, Aussie Open, best tag team in the world, probably right now. It's it's close. I mean, it depends on what FTR does the rest of the year. You know, we save the best for last. Is it the best? I don't even know. So here we go. CM Punk. It's in the title. You guys probably borrow. You're all looking at it. You're interested in what's going on this week. What are our thoughts on some CM Punk? Well, here, here, here's what we got laid out right now. Um, It all kind of stems from there's been reports all week here. There's been reports all week there. Saturday show, CM Punk back. The Elite, he's having meetings. So Dave Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Friday kind of put out just a lot of like forward information for people to kind of just kind of catch everyone up on what's going on. The idea right now is that CM Punk is more than likely returning. They're, they announced the Chicago show June 21st. That is the dynamite before Forbidden Door. This is a good sign, I think, to everyone. And that honestly. Here's what I would say. I think this is a good sign that CM Punk's returning. Look, you need to figure out the shit in the back. You can't you, – you have to figure that out too though. We, we, we don't want to have a toxic locker room that plagues people and they fucking leave the company and everyone starts hating everyone and we're getting pie faces and fights and biting and – we don't need all that, okay? Now, the Saturday show, there is more and more some rumors right now that – the Saturday show will be starting July 8th in Regina, Canada, because it is a te- televised event. It is already announced that it's a televised event in Canada, and we know AEW filed for AEW Collision. People are drawing lines here that maybe that's going to be the first show. That would mean, Garrett, I, I repeat, that's five hours of televised time plus the other two hours of dark Elevation Pro Week, that's seven, plus you're about 90 minutes to two hours of Ring of Honor, that's nine hours of booking per week, theoretically. Theoretically, of course. But um, there's some other stuff people are talking about, a split crew, uh, two different rosters. I, I don't I, I don't know. If that happens, we'll dive into that. That's To me, that's like speculation upon speculation upon speculation. Let's just talk about the meat here. My favorite thing to talk about. Of course. CM Punk. We Sounds like we have a return date. Sounds like he's healed. I mean, how, how do you feel? Right? He, he was one of okay. our biggest draws. I, I, I got a lot to say about this. I'll be honest. But I'm, I'll stick to the main points that, like, when I – because I kind of, like, threw a bunch of stuff at you this week. I threw out different various conversations that we had about it uh, while playing, like, uh, Fortnite. Um Cause that's when we, that's when we, uh, you know, commiserate y'all is when we're playing some, some games of Fortnite blast and hose. Um, but, um, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. 
a lot of the shit that's been said by and i'll just say it because i i'm not one that's afraid to call out alvarez and fucking Meltzer when they when they're clearly stirring shit that i'll say this i don't think that anything that has been in, in, in insinuated by those two guys about this situation that is the feelings of the elite has been remotely true at all because maybe maybe at the beginning because i can imagine it being tense when shit first kicked off not that i'm saying that it wouldn't still be now but i find it extremely difficult to believe that these guys want to be perceived as leaders and people to be respected within the company if the if what is being said from punk's uh end of things is actually true that he does want to work with them and that he does want to come back and that at this point it's not you know like i don't think the idea that cm punk is trying to make them look unprofessional is completely out of left field i could understand why somebody like Meltzer or alvarez would think that based on what we know i'll also point out that I think it is entirely possible that this is late coming information. This is a theory that I heard recently, Charlie. I don't know if you've seen this. That this information was actually going to come out a lot. Well, it would have come out a lot. Like it would. This was supposed to come out now, but CM Punk put out that Instagram story and stirred shit back up again. And I could, I, I believe that. And people, this information came a little too Instagram late. Post. And so now it's it, 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 and that's where the idea of the Saturday show maybe comes from, because up until he did that, there was no plans for that to be the case. But now that there is no other options, maybe that's all Tony Khan can see as an option for a way to handle it. Um, I, I, I could go into like a million different reasons why that's a horrible, you know, way to fix the problem of your roster being divided and people not wanting to work with each other is by literally saying, let's draw fucking battle lines in the company. You that, know, that is truly one of the worst things they could do. So truly. I don't think I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Agreed. there are three scenarios that will more than likely be what but now, not that there's only three scenarios, but these are the three scenarios based on everything that we know that I think is likely that could be what happens. I think there's a scenario where CM Punk never comes back. The elites stay exactly as they are. Um, they go on to be, you know, 17-time champions. Not that that's going to change whether or not Punk's there or not, but I'm saying like, and then they just go down as the, you know, the the guys. They were there from the beginning. They were stuck all the way through. Kenny eventually got so hurt that he couldn't wrestle anymore, and the Bucks then just retired because they didn't want to wrestle without him or something like that, you know. And CM Punk just fades away. Um, and gets remembered as like a, whatever it is, like five time world champion or six times, seven time, whatever it is now, you know, um, probably goes in the WWE hall of fame begrudgingly, you know, maybe even the AW one eventually begrudgingly, you know, um, uh, and, and I, I won't go any further into that. Cause obviously that's all just BS, but you know, like I, the other two scenarios that I think is entirely possible is the one that CM Punk clearly seems to want, or at least it's wanting to be perceived that he wants, which is one where he work comes back, they work with each other at all in, they do big business, they do sixty thousand seats in Wembley, and everybody freaks out, and WWE goes into a fucking mass panic and completely changes the way that they do their show because they just watched another company go into a a area and either equally or potentially outsell them in terms of what they did when they went there for Clash of the Castle, you know. Um, I don't, I don't, I think the more that we go on without hearing shit from anybody, like actually, the, I feel like that scenario is less likely as much as I think we all want it to be what happens. But I think 
maybe the most likely scenario out of the three that I'm pitching here is that CM Punk will be back. He won't work with the Elite. They'll be separate. He'll team with FTR. There'll be just a noticeable gap in what they could possibly do. Obviously, there'll be limitations because everyone will know what the biggest match will be. Eventually, Punk will get sick of the fact that everyone is not as into it anymore because they didn't go with the big money match. And then maybe CM Punk just decides to leave anyway, you know, uh, because or maybe he sticks around. I don't know, because I don't think Punk was long for the wrestling business anyway. I think he wanted to come back and get one last good couple, maybe a couple of years of run in. And the injuries have really derailed that. And I think it really won't take much more for the guy to just be done. You know, I mean, why would why would he want to come back if he's just going to be hated? You know, um. And, yeah, and, and I don't see any way that AEW fans don't side with the elite. I just don't see that being realistic. You know, like, I feel like there will be a subsection of, 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 of punk fans that will always be by his side. But even as a diehard CM Punk fan, the only real scenario I could see where he comes back and everything works out is one where they all work together. And I think that expecting that out of people that clearly don't like each other is just unreasonable, you know? Yeah. So it's it's gonna be interesting to follow. I mean, here's you know, there's so much information out there too that we have no idea about. Right at the end of the day, it's just I I, I hope for the better part of what's gonna help AEW succeed, and I think that's bringing him back. But I think you gotta bring him back in a sense of yeah. You I know, think I think what I'm getting at is that the two of those three scenarios, he comes back. Regardless yeah. of what happens after he comes back, oh, I, I don't think, I think he has to come, come back and at least back. try to do another run. I mean, the, yeah. whether he's world champion or whether he's not, whether he just has some really good matches, whatever. He, I mean, he's got to do something to like, because it can't just be what he did. Otherwise, it's just going to go down as what everyone's going to feel like was a waste of time and money, you know? Yeah, we, we've reached a point where I'd be very shocked if he didn't come back. Um, but it's just now based on even more of this that there's quote leaks and when he's returning and everything, you know, you name it. So yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be cool to follow. And obviously this is something that, you know, the and by Discord... the way though, but just in case you were wondering though, Charlie, the elite don't want to work with CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that was all about. Um, you know, Meltzer and Alvarez. I mean, hey, you can't spell either of their last names without the without the letter and, L. So and, you know, they keep saying Dax is playing this game of you know trying to make them look bad. They got a lot of. They just got to figure that shit out. You know, you don't 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 start speaking like that because then it just makes everyone fucking just annoyed. So don't do shit like that. And yeah, I mean, let's hope uh, let's hope this all works out the way it should because it could be fucking awesome. So. Yeah, that'll be it. Um, again, it's just something that we're not gonna be ending anytime soon until it's finally here. And my God, I can't fucking wait till it's finally here because I, I, I hate talking about it. the The discourse leading up to this is gonna be awful, but I think when we finally get to it, it's gonna be worth it. So, that being said, AEW Dark Elevation. We have dark. We have Elevation Dark Dynamite Rampage. A little bit of preview for next week that we'll get to. So, you're taking the lead here. AW Dark Elevation episode 110. Uh, we had Drip Sabi and the Butcher and the Blade taking on a really interesting team here, Charlie, actually, to open things up. Uh, we had uh, Shunma Katsumuta 
uh, sorry, Katsumata, uh, Yuki Uino, and uh, Mao. Yuki Uino is obviously one of those ones we've been looking at for a while, you know? Um, yes. Be like, bring this guy in. Hey, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting there. Um, I like the vibe of the match, uh, you know, and it's like a little, little, little bit of, hey, Yuki, you went over there to do, you get this guy back. Anyway, um, Nyla and Marina uh, had a match. They took on the, hey, hey, hey Renegades. Anyway, um, and uh, it's good to see them back. Uh, Marina's feet have lore now, apparently, in the, in the fucking elevation commentary. So, great. Uh, they picked the win with the Beast Bomb. Um, the Dark Orders had a trio squash commentary put over Johnny Hungy. It was a slow match. I don't care. It, it happened. All right. Um, and then in the main event of the evening, we had Lee Moriarty and Large William Big Bill taking on some teams. Um, Big Bill had some ankle weights on or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's gonna pull like a fucking Rock Lee gimmick and drop the weights and like suddenly be fucking like super fast. I don't know. I'd be pretty cool, but you know, it would um, be pretty cool. Picked up the one with a big ass choke slam, and that was AEW Dark Elevation One Ten. Take us through Dark One Ninety One, Charlie. And again, for only four matches on this one, too. We open up with Matt Taven defeating Brian Pillman Jr. Um, Bro, felt like they got to quit putting Matt Taven in matches with people that I like him better than. <laughs> it felt like uh, Pillman was going to win this match. He was pretty much had control of what felt like he was just – he was running with it. And then, uh, yeah, he gets – You want to know something interesting, though? And I noted this in my notes, Charlie. The YouTube comments, he was over in them. I believe it. I believe it. I, I'm not sure. I mean, hey, maybe they just like some Pillman Jr. because he's on YouTube all, them, all a lot. I don't know what that says for you, Brian Pillman Jr., but... <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe they fucking do. Yeah. A.W. Dark Legend, Brian Pillman Jr. A.W. So, Lee Johnson defeated Blake Lee. Fisherman's Neckbreaker for the win. Uh, Tony Promo. Tony Promo. Tony Storm's got a promo about the Rampage she's been on recently against the, quote, homegrown stars. He said, every girl in her way, is going to get what is coming to them. Josh Woods then defeats who I thought was fucking Pillman, um, Daisy K. And yeah, you know, it's just kind of whatever. The West Palm Beach oil rigger was hit, so successful pinfall. And then um, Lance Archer cut a promo about wanting better opponents, citing that things are going too easy for him at the moment. And you know it's a classic Lance Archer thing. Now he's he's you know now he's re- now he's wrestling at Dominion, and then then he'll be at the G One. So it's like the guy's only in AEW all the time for like such a brief time. It's kind of random. And then our beef happened. <laughs> Taz getting fucking pissed. Excalibur, you know, snitching on Ian and uh, the the priests, and Taz didn't like it. You know, we got beef between our ring announcers now. They're our commentary guys. So. Are, are we going to have to top the Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler match by having Excalibur and Taz take on Rick Abani and, and Caprice at all <laughs> or double or nothing? Yes, this is the way. I like seeing Diamante get a main event. In a commentary game. chaos match. Commentary chaos, chaos, chaos. So, yeah, that was pretty sweet. And yeah, Dr. Bomb for the win. AEW Dynamite time. We covered the opener. Let's get into the promo. So MGF interrupts him. We got MGF, Darby Allen, and Sting kind of here. He was running down the crowd, mid-walkie, you name it. He said their match at Full Gear 2021 was one of the best in AEW history. MGF beat him with a headlock takeover. 
And six years ago, they wrestled. And Darby goes on to say, six years ago, we wrestled in front of 30 people. You were miserable then. You're miserable now. Darby sells he was miserable. Sought out therapy. Therapy chant. Let's go. Uh, it helped him, and he used money from AEW to buy his parents a house. Sting is, Sting is not his father. He's his daddy. No. He's one of his best friends. Ayo. MGF's 15 minutes. Allen got in MGF's face, said he has more to say. Keep talking. MGF called him an arrogant little bitch. No, he called him a little boy. MGF is sick of the morals of Allen, Jungle Boy, and Guevara. Yeah. As morals kill careers in this sport, MGF says Allen thinks he's a daredevil when he's actually a fucking coward. While MGF couldn't care less, if he's on deathbed alone, he's willing to do whatever it takes to leave a legacy. I love that that's MGF, by the way. I, I, it's, it's such a nice little fucking thing. Um, he'll be the greatest champion of all time, while Allen will be simply Sting's bitch. Sting's music hits. Came out to a big ovation. We don't hear Sting talk too often. Sting said he doesn't view himself as a daddy daycare kind of guy, but more of a cheerleader. And he starts smacking MGF with pom-poms. Yes, smacking MGF with pom-poms from his jacket. Talked about the Cody daycare. By, by the I way, mean, Sting. let's be honest. So what? Like, the, okay, this did feel a little planned because, like, I mean, okay, the motherfucker just had the perfect thing for a bit backstage to, to cut a promo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, eh. oh hell yeah, this is the way. I mean, okay. I mean, hey, Dar- Darby was like, hey, I know, I know, I know you haven't been out with me recently, but like, just bring some fucking pom coms in case you start some shit. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, um, by the way, whenever Sting comes to the entrance and he just starts screaming, it makes me laugh every fucking time. I love it. Um, but yeah, I thought Sting came off funny here, pretty much saying, you know, Ric Flair did for Sting what he did for him. You know, he said showtime is almost over, but it's just starting for Allen. Again, little little teases at that retirement match. I, I think that leaked, man. I. I don't think they were supposed to give that out, but they just wanted to trinkle it instead of giving an official announcement. Either way, Sting retirement match is going to be fucking awesome. I think uh, Darby can be uh, promoted from Sir Darbington to Lord Darbington, or sorry, Lord Allen of House. Sorry, Lord Darbington of House Ar- of of House Allen uh, once he defeats Sting. I yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, any other notes you had from this uh, promo segment? I've I've seen so many different different. Uh, debates on this promo some loved it some thought it went way too long some you know just it, it literally some thought it was a we got to change up what we're zero. doing with mjf here um i don't know what i'd have him do i mean i'm not gonna have him wrestle a match i don't think i don't think he wants to i don't think anyone wants to watch him wrestle every week on dynamite I need to be honest anymore uh, i think we've all realized that's that's never gonna happen um but uh I just don't know about these long promo segments after every one of these matches, you know? I mean, not everyone, all okay. the ones on Dynamite. Like, actually, I guess he hasn't done it every time. I don't know. I, I just feel like it interrupts the flow of the show. Like, I, I'm with you in fair, that regard. Fair. Like, I, I, I like, would agree with that normally. I thought it actually flowed really well here. I mean, it made sense right here, but, like, I don't know. I feel like it's just – it's wearing thin. Like, are we really going to do this for 12 weeks with four different guys? That's, that's nuts. Yeah, because we're going to get MJF on TV every week. So – it's you know, he's not uh he's not running and hiding <laughs> like some other champions are, so it's gonna be interesting to watch to see, you know I I'm I, I really I don't know I, I don't think Tony cares because he knows he has a plan with this title reign, so I just hope they don't get like really nearsighted with this and like freak out and be like oh everyone hates MJF fuck it let's toss the title on Darby I just 
I don't think they're going to. I, I hope they realize they have an end game with this. And I think if anybody was going to win it out of the three of them, it'd be Jungle Boy because it's the primary feud between the three. Like this is now being. If they hadn't done this promo this week, I would have said the primary feud is Jungle Boy versus versus MJF and the other two. Every are... single one of them have like a separate feud with him. It's really neat. It's a really. I mean, it's interesting thing. to watch MJF try and juggle it. I don't. I, I feel like it's going to be really interesting when they cut the promo package. I, yeah. Because, like, it's going to feel like MJF is about to lose the title, even though I don't think he is about to lose the title. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, it's going to be cool to follow, for sure. Um, MJF spat in his face and ran away, of course. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs defeats Silas Young in 43 seconds. Powerhouse fucking Hobbs, man. Come on, this is... He's a fucking big meaty man. That slapped the meat. This was awesome. I I Powerhouse Hobbs is doing such a good job at making himself feel like this dominant force of a champion. And it this is feeling how I hoped it would. Now we're gonna run back the Wardlow match. I think it's announced for next week, right? I'm gonna say something so, to you that, that might make you really sad, but I think it might be true. I think as as good as this run with with Hobbs is right now, I think he's gonna get beat by Wardlow. Well, if he does, I'll I'll be uh, bearing this. But um, I hope I, I do. I that's the feeling I'm starting to get the way they're booking Wardlow because every I time they start to book yeah. Wardlow exactly like how they booked him at the end of the segment, dude. I, you know what I mean? Like I, I every actually, time like they do that, it's, he, sure he wins. That. He wins every fucking time when he shouldn't win like this. Yeah, that would be a oh man, whoa, that'd be mm, that'd be really hard to sell me on that one. Um, Post match, you know they're beating the shit out of Young up the ramp. We see Wardlow walk up to the car in the parking lot, smash the windows. I gotta say, I think we should have seen this car for a few weeks before it gets destroyed. We just saw the car for the first time. Let's let's. I mean, let's, in storyline, they fucking robbed the guy. So I mean, he would want some. Kind I know, of but. Again, I don't even know if we need a Wardlow back today, but I guess, I don't know. It's, can it's can I be honest with you? After they robbed Wardlow, they could have just dropped that story entirely, and I'd have been 1,000% okay I mean, they locked it. him out of a country. They took his passport. He was fucked. <laughs> I like that they kept playing it up, but, like, I don't know. I would have liked to see Hobbs. It's little things, right? But whatever. The car was badass. It gets ruined. And obviously, you're going to fight him over that. You have to. I mean, you have to if you're Hobbs, right? you got to fight this guy. So, he just got suckered into putting the title on the line. Okay. Video package for Bullet Club is shown. Switchblade, Jay White, and Juice Robinson saying we're the best of the bunch, calling themselves the Bang Bang Gang. Robinson asked Ricky Starks how the Blade Runner felt last week. Sheesh. As White said, he's here to claim what is rightfully his, as this is only the beginning. This is Bullet Club gold. Inhaling with the Keyblade. Fuck yeah. Bullet Club Gold, I love this idea. Give it something separate, right? You have to designate Bullet it Club versus Japan Bullet Club at Forbidden Door. Book it, Tony. And now, now Book you, it, can have, you can have the separation of uh, uh, these two teams. So basically what I was kind of looking at is this is technically listed as a subgroup, right? Oh, so they're going to answer to, to Finley? No, no, no. They, they're not associated with Finley. So, you have your Japan Bullet Club, 
You have your U.S. Bullet Club, which now features Clark Connors. I, I, again, I think he's going to be Japan Bullet Club. I don't know. You have Bullet Club Gold, which is strictly AEW. But hear me out. What if Connors is the bridge? What if there's like still some level of connection, but they're not like allies, but like he's the he's the bridge that that ultimately like he's gonna be the thing that decides who wins the feud between the two Bullet Clubs. He could be, or it could be just part of an army that David's assembling. It could, could be, could be. You know, you know. Hey, and then you have Bullet Club Australia, who's got you know the five guys that wrestle in that uh, Tamashi thing. So you know, that's just good for you've been there. So yes, Bullet Club Gold. I think this is fucking awesome. Um, I'm glad we're getting their own subgroup. I'm glad we're keeping Bullet Club. Uh, okay, so since we're gonna get a Bullet Club in AEW now, who would you want to see in AEW's Bullet Club? Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, that would be cool, but he's got a faction already, so. Until he doesn't. Oh, shit. Now, I don't want QT and Aaron Solo in Bullet Club. No, no, no. No, oh, the uh, Aaron Powerhouse Solo Hobbs... Bullet Club, bro? Come on. Powerhouse Hobbs would be awesome. Um, I, I think you got to go big, right? And maybe you, you go get Wardlow and you help him win the title. I don't know. You know, you, you, can... know, who, you know who could join Bullet Club? Sean Spears. He could, he could, definitely, he could. Yeah, we got to, I, I mean, honestly, I, I want them to run as a tag for a while. I, I like the idea that they both run as tags. Nah, bro, Bullet Club needs 19 members, stars. don't you know? It, they do, they do. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll get into that. Um, I guess, I, I don't know. I, that is a good question. I, I really have to think about that off the top of my head. I mean, you could, you know what? I know who I'd want in it. I don't have to think anymore. This is where you bring back Miro. Bullet Club Gold Miro as their fucking big heater. I as could see it. I, I I think he's gonna refuse the creative, but I mean I could see it. <laughs> He'd be like, "Do I lose at all, dude? It's AEW. You you fucking you lose in AEW. It happens. And I'm doing it. All right, GG. Have we talked about Orange Cassidy? Do I get to turn my hair blonde? Yeah, dude. Swerve is like in the middle of a brand new push, and he. Like, you lose an AEW. It doesn't fucking kill you. It's not the end of the world. How come he could do it? Nah, we need we need Swerve in the Bullet Club. Kill Shot Club. That would have been a nice fit, but eh, I guess it wasn't the way. It was the way. Oh, we had the Orange Cassidy match. Quick vignette for Christian Cage and Luke Source. Cage said things are unfinished. Cat is backstage with best friends in Orange Cassidy. Trent said that Cassidy is fine and will continue to defend the title. Trent said he and Chuck are a little jealous. Challenge Aussie Open to tag titles on Rampage. Ethan Page is in the ring. Here we go. Talked about the rough patches in the firm. They've been going through it in recent weeks. Page demands. Oh come on, new guns, Bullet Club. I mean, that one writes itself. Yeah, that that's the one that people are fantasy booking. I I just don't think they'd add another tag. You? Nah, I mean, unless they want to run. I mean, they could run Juice and Jay as individuals. They don't have to have them be a tag. That's what I've seen people fantasy booking is the guns. I forgot. Good idea bringing that up. I mean, I just thought of it. I was like, yeah, guns. I mean, if you were going to put someone, you could even bring, like, if if Billy. Because Billy, let's be honest, I love Billy and the Acclaim, but eventually that is going to get stale. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe that's how you get them back together. Like, that's what he tells them to do. I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, people are going to hate that take, but I I genuinely think it's true. I think eventually Billy Gunn will need to leave the acclaimed. I mean, I think, I think thinking that they could all run as an act together forever is just like, it's not true. I, yeah, it could be. I, I, if I were to say right now, I I think they run it till Billy's done. I don't know how long it's going to be, though. So, 
It could be six months. It could be two years. I don't know. Um, shit. I totally forgot where I was. Um, oh, Ethan's in the ring. Yada, yada, yada. Jeff Hardy's here. Okay. Um, Jeff Hardy's back. We, we've kind of been covering that he's, you know, he's been taking his time, doing his thing. It sounds like he's teaming up with, uh, Hook, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy to take on the firm in a cinematic total deletion match, which they talk about more at that on Rampage. But yeah, I mean, the Hardys are back. Yeah, outside of Jeff Hardy being back, I I predicted this storyline. Fuck everybody. <laughs> I I I even said it should end in a fucking cinematic match. I am a genius. God damn it. <laughs> nice. Um I mean, you can literally if you guys don't believe me, go back to when this fucking ridiculous storyline that started on AW Dark Elevation like 4 months ago or something with Ethan Page the firm, maybe it wasn't that long ago, but whenever the firm was, like, first off on its own, and, like, they had no idea what to do with the firm. Ethan Page was off on his own doing kind of nothing, you know? Like, they, they there was there was this loose association. Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy were, like, buried by the fact that Mark Quinn just got hurt at the worst time possible, you know? Like, like it's, everything was going to shit for all those people. And then all of a sudden they just were like, yeah, let's just throw this random storyline together. It made TV like four times or something. And now it's uh, going to end in a cinematic match. This is nuts. This was a, this is an elevation storyline, Charlie. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And now we got Matt Hardy back and I just can't wait till this match is on a dynamite. And everyone's like, what the fuck is happening? What is this story? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty damn freaking cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't ever hurt to bring him back. You know, it just let's just hope it's uh, it's what he needs. And we, uh, yeah, know, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna jump on the Jeff Hardy hate train. I I genuinely want to believe that the guy is actually gonna turn his life around this time. But I I've I've tried that too many times in my head to, to really believe it until he just retires one day when he's actually not like had an incident for a while. And I. Uh, that's the best I can hope for the guy, because like I, you know, I, I won't say what I said to you offline the other day, but I just I fear a scenario that ends badly, you know, like, um, yeah. because like that's that that would not be a great way for for Jeff Hardy to be remembered, you know, um, but I, I hope I hope that he doesn't regret coming back for other reasons either, though. I hope that like. Like let's say he keeps his shit together, right? Let's let's say it's like great, but like the matches just suck because he just isn't got it anymore, and the pain is too much, you know. Like, yeah, very true. I, I really hope it doesn't end like that either. So I just, I I don't know. I just I see very few very very good scenarios, but he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So you know, I hope for the best now, for him. You know, what? let's do Jeff Hardy CM Punk finally this time. Let's let's run it back now. Um, I mean, if the two of them could make a match, I mean, I genuinely believe, especially after the Darby match, that Jeff has a few good matches left in him. I mean, that match with Darby was great. You know what I mean? Like, um, so he could definitely, especially if they wanted to run it back, like that was a ladder match or an Extreme Rules, I think, at like an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. They don't have to do it with like ladders and stuff. Obviously, they're two older guys. You know what I mean? But like, um, I mean, they probably would want to anyway, though. But, you know, obviously CM Punk survived a dog collar match, so I guess he could still do that, but. Um, uh, you know, if, if I would like to see that other things like that, like, I, 
I don't know, man. Like, I just, I really hope that Jeff Hardy can pull it together this time, and maybe we get one last great run out of him in AEW. You know, that would be, yeah, that'd be ideal. So, um, what do we got here? Kenny Omega comments, uh, talking from home, talking about the attack of the Blackpool Combat Club. This feud is eaten up. Omega thanks the doctor for helping him out and said he understands why the BCC did what they did. They wanted to make the headlines. Omega said he takes what he takes personal and is what they did to Don Callis. While Callis might not be all that likable, Omega still calls him family. This isn't blood for blood. Whenever Omega sees them next, it'll be much worse. Um, John Moxley, Claudio Casanoli, with Willie Uta, defeat Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. These guys got the Mr. Ever- Somebody Gets It. Yeah. Uh, these guys got the ever-living shit kicked out of them. Um, you know, there's an old team with the, called the Sheep Herders, and they used to just go to the ring and beat the ever-living piss out of people. It's kind of what the Black Bull Combat Club do. I, I, this, this team is something that we've needed in wrestling for a little bit, and it couldn't go to more talented guys. <laughs> Seeing John Moxley just go absolutely insane as a heel, that he's clearly wanted to be a heel for months now. Like, he finally gets to do it. Yeah. You can tell he's happy about Because, you know, he always wanted that awesome heel run in WWE, and he never got. So you know he's just reveling in this shit now, you know? Blackpool Combat Club, uh, they they are so needed, and I, 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 I am loving what they're doing. It doesn't feel like something anybody else is doing. So what do you do? You team them up with the old team. Uh, Brandon Cutler got a shit kicked in. Nakazawa got a shit kicked in. And, uh, yeah, Moxley takes the mic. Said the elite and Don Callis had glass jaws. Kenny Omega's music hits. He walked out from the back. BCC or BBC, they have their attention turned. The Young Bucks ran from behind. We get a huge brawl. I was looking because I was like, all right, is Matt going to use his arm? Matt did not use his arm at all. Uh, Moxley spit in Matt's face. Dared Omega to do it. Casanoli pulled him free as fucking... Pretty much Hangman, or uh, the Young Bucks gave Kenny a screwdriver, and he fucking charged it at Moxley, put it through his brain, kill him. You know, our babyface tried to commit murder. I can't blame him, though, for what's happening. That's the cleaner. It makes sense. We can't blame him, honestly. Honestly. It's not like they beat him up I mean, and threw him in the back I mean, of the car. In, I mean, you know, I know they, they had a fight, but th- in canon, that's his best friend. You know what I mean? Like, he's got his eye gouged out by fucking Daniels, and of yeah. course he's going to try and take revenge. Yeah, and and now Hangman's fucking what even happened to Hang? You know he's he's corpse in somewhere. So we gotta get the. Are we getting Hangman coming back with the eye patch, bro? I I just want to envision that we're gonna get a five v five, and it's gonna be the elite with Hangman, and they need a fifth member because Blackpool Combat Club just added a member, and it, it feels like everything's down. burning in hell. Everything's going bad. Kota Bougie's music hits, and we have the Golden Elite, and the world is a happy place. I am so glad we're getting this program, because it feels so fucking great already. I am, we needed this. Uh, I'm just picturing a scenario where, out of that, you spin in a Bushi to catch the tag team called, like, Kings of Pro Wrestling or something like that. Yeah, you can do it. And then, you know, in order to get the combat club... You know, they they reform their love with John. Can, can we get some Brian Danielson uh, Mox tag matches again out of this? By the way, since we got both of them as heels again, because that I, those matches were really great, and we kind of cut them off because they both went off to do single stuff. You know? Yeah, 
and once they add a wheeler yeah let's get let's get some more i'm down with it i'm down with it 100 percent. come on imagine them two versus kenny and hangman bro can you imagine the insanity of that match tony shivani's backstage with swerve brian and prince nana he said darby's success is a testament to everything swerve taught him mogul embassy isn't done growing it's getting bigger day by day as they aren't done yet tonight there are some scores to settle and right when that happened i'm like all right so how do we feel about swerve positioning himself as like a mentor figure to darby i mean if it's true it's true i'm just you know like i'm just like do yeah, we i mean hey it, does it work or is it just like it. heel stuff you know like no i i it's just like the match from today i mean they're they're always gonna they're always gonna play up on it just like when i'm sure swerve's world champion they're gonna give him a match with darby you know it, it's gonna happen hopefully 2024 swerve champion yeah, he could be the next champion for all we know. Who the fuck's taking this thing off MGF? Who knows? Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, defeated Rio and Sky Blue. Um, it's safe to say at this point, it's starting to feel a little bit repetitive, which is very unfortunate. Hopefully next week we can change the score up a little bit, maybe get the baby faces some love. But yeah, they beat their ass and painted Rio. And I mean, if you watched it last week, it's the same thing. So anything else you got? Um, I mean, yeah, just they progress the storyline, please. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Jericho defeated Keith Lee in our main event. This was a, uh, this was all right. I mean, Jericho was selling the shit out of Keith Lee being a big man, and it was a perfectly fine main event. We get to the end here where uh, Garcia, you know, he's going to the ref for like the fifth time. A masked swerve, swerve Strickland clobbers Lee in the head with a big old object. And then uh, Jericho just kind of ends up falling over, getting the victory, you know. And, uh, yeah, Swerve and Lee, I, you know, it's one of those stories. There's so many stories in AEW that sometimes you get guys in four different ones. So I'm glad we're rotating back to this because somehow they didn't get the payoff. Yeah, somehow the they never got the pay-per-view match. I don't know how, yeah, but it, they just it didn't get it. It blows my mind that these guys didn't get it. So hopefully now we can start a trajectory to where they do. Get the blow-off match, and Swerve wins. Yes. <laughs> Adam Cole's music hit. He came down to check on Keith Lee, and, yeah, he's, he didn't he didn't look back at Jericho. So Adam Cole, Chris Jericho continues. Baby? Any thoughts you had on that, that match? In, or Adam Cole, match? baby? Yeah, that's, that's what I feel. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you take the lead here on our opener and Rampage. We have Aussie Open Def the IWGP Tag Team Championships against Best Friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I didn't catch a single bit of it, but fucking Excalibur rattled off about, like, fucking 20 or 30 years of history of the goddamn IWGP, United, or IWGP Tag Team Championships that meant nothing to me. I'm going to be honest, you know. Um, but he said it, so props to Excalibur for knowing all the things, I guess. Um, yeah, for real. Uh, Aussie opened, like we mentioned earlier, they're just on one of those runs right now. It's insane. Uh, they hit this really cool spot at one point too, where it was like an electric chair, uh, set up. So I think it was, I believe, uh, hold on the cat. Anyway, um, sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to intimidate the cat into submission, but anyway, um, but, uh, the, yeah, so they, they, I think it was, um, uh, Chuck had, uh, Trent up on his shoulders and then they did a super flex spot that was like in an electric chair. It was just a cool spot. I don't know like I've, why I've never seen that before. It's probably happened, but you know, it was, it was interesting. They hit a doomsday device at one point. Um, it was just a really well wrestled match. 
What it got to the nuttiest part though was when fucking Kyle hit that insane pile driver that was twisting that I think killed Trent. Um, I'm pretty sure Trent's still dead. Like I think I'm pretty sure they had to take him. And you know that ambulance I stole? I'm pretty sure there was. I'm pretty sure they needed that ambulance for Trent after Trent the pile driver. Hey, he wasn't breaking the rules. He might have been breaking his neck. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but I thought this was really good for a TV match, especially for Rampage. You know, you probably get less time for Rampage matches. You assume because there's less time overall. So. Uh, when you're given time like Aussie Open was like this, like I said, Aussie Open's just it, have, have they done anything bad recently? I don't think so, other than getting hurt a few times, which is kind of out of their control, yeah. you know. Like, which apparently these these other matches that we're gonna be checking out this week are fucking awesome too. So, Jesus, um, <laughs> we're just we're inevitably getting FTR Aussie Open at Forbidden Door, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. FTR is Forbidden Door. I can't wait. Yeah, I like this match. Um. Aussie Open, Aussie Open. Because we all know that FTR stands for full-time Riz. Fuck the Revival. You're not wrong. Uh, Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay. Wow. Sanjay Dutt. Am I stroking out? He's talking to Mark Briscoe's concerns, saying, hey, man, you got some new teammates, but this isn't what Briscoe signed up for. They tried to give him a new shirt with the faces of the team. Hey, you might be stroking out when we talk about the next match. Mark's face was all in the way in the corner. Briscoe did not look happy. Tony Schiavone interviews FTR in the ring with their new entrance coming through the smoke. Nice touch. Cash Wheeler announced that they were resigned with AEW for four more, four more, four more, four more years. Read them and that, weep, fed heads. After that, they're done with wrestling. We'll see about that. Um, hey, 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 Wheeler don't be FTR saying that now, Dex. <laughs> Actually, I guess that was Cash, right? Whatever. Yeah, uh, he wants FTR to be known as the greatest tag team of all time. You're in the right. You're in the right spot to do it. Dax Harwood said he still hasn't figured out why the crowd likes them. He decided it must be. Because fans like their redemption story. Because you're good! Right? We like good wrestler stacks. You're okay. You're, you're, you're not a bad chap there, Buck. Uh, the Hardys, Hook, and Isaiah Cassidy. They're not the Bucks, they're the other guys. Jeff was like, Jeff was humble about facing his demons in his path back to AEW. Matt announced that the team will take on the firm at the Hardy Compound and what will be the firm's deletion. The Hardy Compound coming to AEW. I guess it's already been here, but during the pandemic but yeah coming back will we see vanguard again who knows we'll, we'll see sammy guevara come out of the woodworks to toss matt hardy sammy off of a Gavara. off of a roof of the hardy compound this is the way on and they're gonna miss the uh the crash pad and in the match of the year mark briscoe jay lethal jeff jarrett and satin Singh defeat man scout jake manning and helico luther and serpentico Briscoe hit the foggy bow for the elbow, and he left disgusted with his partners. Bro, did, I gotta ask you a question. Did did Logan Paul just jack in Helico's gear? I think so. It's kind of... Someone needs to... Yeah. <laughs> Let's get in Helico in the G1. Send it. <laughs> um, okay. Let's get Serpentico on the Super Juniors. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Taya Valkyrie defeats Emi Sakura. This is a pretty fun match, actually. They got a little bit of time here, too. Um, Valkyrie, she's undefeated. Sakura, you know, her most recent loss came against Jamie Hayter. Valkyrie got a near fall with a knee, knee strike in the corner. Talk about stroking out. Hey, hey. hey, hey. Um, but, yeah, pretty much during the break, Jaden, uh, uh, what the hell's her name? Gray? What, what the fuck? I'm totally. Layla wrong. Gray. Layla Gray. Holy shit. The only remaining little, baddie, somehow. I think my brain is a little fried. It's been a long, long weekend. You had a um, long dick week. Hey, yo. 
I mean, uh, Valkyrie we, hit that. Yeah, one every week, so <laughs> she hit a blue thunder bomb and a spear. She then hit Sakura with a road to Valhalla and got the pin. After the match, Gray and Cargill ran in to attack Valkyrie. Uh, Gray fell victim to the road to Valhalla. Cargill and Val- yeah, I know uh, it's called the road to Valhalla, but she was sacrificed to the Aztec gods on that one. This is uh, hell yeah. Um, pretty much, they exchanged some forearms. We finally see Jade and uh, Taya get physical. Gray recovered enough to cheap shot Valkyrie. And then Cargill dropped her with a jaded slam. And, I mean, it's just one of those things that Jade has this certain, like, presence. She just feels like a star. It's just the way it is. And, you know, I, I'm excited for this match. And hey, man, I if Taya loses, uh, I know exactly what you do with her. You have Athena, and you have a fucking chick that uses a move that's inspired by Norse mythology. Battle of Gods at Ring of Honor, the next pay-per-view. <laughs> yes. Give me that fucking match. I'm down. Um, Jose the Assistant challenged Vikingo on behalf of Jalisco for Vikingo's AAA Mega Championship. Uh, the match is made official for next Saturday's Rampage, so another Saturday show for us. Um, I don't even know what to do with this. I, this might be my least favorite segment of all time. No, that's mean. In the ring. No, it's not mean. It, this was bad. This was, this was... Almost as bad as when they tried to have the Usos rap. But the Usos could, at least had something. Actually, it's almost serious, as bad as uh, when they had the guns try and rap. I was gonna I was gonna say I could go on a serious rant of how we do not need every single time a fucking opponent faces the acclaimed to rap against them. Guys, this is the third time in the last three programs. We don't fucking need it. I, I'm just worried that Chris Jericho is gonna try and rap. He's at least musically talented. Yeah, I was gonna say that might actually work out. He might, he might actually like talk to I a just, rapper and I, be I'd like, "How do I rap? You know, what's like, rap dude. sound like?" And like listen to some. I mean, he probably has listened to rap anyway. I mean, but you the know best part of this whole segment is Billy Gunn tried to pulled out actual scissors and tried to chop off Matt Menard's nipples and sell money. Yeah, what is it with the baby faces this week? People stabbing screwdrivers into people's eyes potentially and and cutting nipples off. What is we have we have entered? Are we still in a heel town? You what know, is going on? Here's what I'll say. You know, you know why I didn't like this. It's not too often in AEW, I feel cringy. In this segment, not since Brandy Rose me, left. This made me feel fucking fucking cringe. got him. And and like honestly, like you you compare this to some of the old segments we used to talk about with the audio podcast. And dude, Bailey, I, this is your life. There's some fucking cringy shit, and I don't do well with cringe. And I know I've said it like eight times, and I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna do it to you. I'm gonna do it to you. This over Bailey versus your life. Which segment do you take? I can't even remember that one. Here, this is the thing. I it was the one where Alexa Bliss said, "Bailey, this is your life," and then he went through a promo package or went through well, a package. I remember the name of it. I just, I, I block these things out of my mind. And in three months, when I forget this ever happened, it's gonna be a great day. But right now, I'm pissed off that I've experienced it, and I fucking, guys. Just please stop with the rapping against the acclaim. It's old as fuck. Slap Nuts Express is as good as it's going to get. Do you have anything else to say? And fuck people in their stupid fucking hats. No, no, the hat's over, but everything else about the segment sucked. You know what the hat feels like? It feels like people are just trying to replicate Jericho's. You just made the list in different forms. No, nah, you know what it genuinely is? It's that it's that a lot of performers in AEW don't seem to understand like the actual process for getting over. And Jericho often likes to say things like, "Well, if you can get an object over, then you can get over." But I think a lot of times they take the wrong message away from that. 
where they just they, like they say hat. a thing and the crowd pops for it so they go with it super hard and it doesn't go anywhere because it's a fucking hat you know like, like you know what don't get me wrong though i guess at the end of the day his next match someone will take off the hat and step on it and it'll get a good get a good reaction so i guess it'll have served its purpose but yeah Moving on. Yeah, but uh, but everyone's so afraid that they're going to ruin his gimmick that no one's done that. You know what I mean? That's my theory because I can't see why else this would have gone on as long as it has with the hat. Because... You know what? You know what's going to happen? I'm calling it right now. The, the, the acclaimed are going to scissor it up. They're going to No, I could see Bowens grabbing ball. that hat. and stop. That's very Bowens' move. You know what I mean? Or yeah, they're, Caster, they're but I could see Bowens totally doing that hat. at the start of a match or something. You know what I mean? But I just, you and know. it's going to get a good reaction. It's not going to be then... that great, though. It's just going to be like whatever, you know, the hat. And then they'll retire the hat gimmick after that probably because hopefully at least no that's not going away it's just like uh, <laughs> Dan Garcia this week on the Hey EW <laughs> Jungle Boy Jack Perry you, you tell you, you're Pierce. telling the hat you wanted to suck your dick in the back <laughs> uh, this is a decent main event I like seeing Sean Spears back he's you know using the perfect 10 again and, you know, he, he referenced he's back from having a kid, and, you know, I don't think he's going to be back permanently right now, but I'm cool seeing him trickle in here and there. It's nice that he can walk in and still get a main event match and be taken seriously. Jungle Boy's, of course, picking up victories right now because he's going for the AW World title. But, like, wasn't and... the last match this guy had literally, like, the fucking insane cage match he had with Wardlow? Like, I mean, you know, of course he can walk back into the main event. He walked out of the main event, I'm pretty sure. Like, goddamn. Yeah, Sean Spears has that reputation in this company where he can walk in for the main event. I'm glad that he's gotten to that point, man, because he was so disrespected for all those years. Like, getting super kicked by Shawn Michaels and shit. Like, you know, like. He had a really good start to the company, drifted off a little bit, and then came back. And I'd argue he's one of my favorite parts. I of still the think one of my favorite Royal Rumble moments of all time will be him coming out at ten, bro. That's still, I still, I've, was, I watched awesome. that clip a while back, and I was like, God, what a, what a great decision that they just made to do that. That was like, it didn't go anywhere, but they decided to do it. You know. And this was another finish this week where Spears goes for a cradle, but Jack ends up shifting around his weight and held Spears down for the three count. We've had a lot of really. So in the pre-match promo, week. Spears was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go on a run." Do you think he will? Okay, he could. I I I mean, the more TV we get, the more I'd like to see this guy get a legit run. I mean, there's not too many people that are in open factions right now that don't have anything going on. So, you know. Toss him in anywhere. Maybe give him an Orange Cassidy match now. You know? I'm open to that. But yeah. Uh, giving all the fillers a bunch of wins in advance to the title match with MGF. I think it's uh, it just this shit just might work. I do think they do have to do the something crowd. eventually though. Like, I think I think it should come back around before it gets to the pay per view to like what it started with, which was just the four of them coming out and you know and just talking shit. And like I feel like that should result in like a giant brawl at some point. I don't know when that'll be. It'll probably be yeah. further down the road, but I do think uh, this can work for a little bit longer. But I think there needs to be some more like just than just okay had a match. MJF might come out. He might not. You know what I mean? Like. We we need to get some more. I think you agree. I think there needs to be more. Like we're we're getting yeah. there, but it's gonna take a little yeah, while. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting the guys annoying. over right now, and just letting them pick up some wins and some fun television matches each week. So it's it's been a nice result. I didn't spend too much time on this match, but this was a fun little match. So that'll be it for Rampage, and let's just do a little preview next week, which is what we like to do. Another championship week. Powerhouse Hobbs defends against Wardlow. Should be fun. I think that's gonna be our opener, and I think our main event is going to be. Britt Baker and Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. 
Let's hope the baby faces win and we get a change of pace in the story. Let's advance it. Maybe a debut. Let's get a new. Let's get a debut. You know. The acclaimed and daddy ass Billy Gunn versus Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hager. What are the? How high are we betting that this hat's getting cut up? I mean, it would be a good payoff. I mean, I have no idea. It's getting cut up. <laughs> Jay White versus Commander. This is gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that we're getting Commander back. I am too. And Jay White's debut match. And then let's hope some more stuff with Ricky happens after because Ricky? I don't know what they're doing with that, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm enjoying it. We, we need Frog Boy's eyes to pop out in the middle of this match. <laughs> the Elite Speak. Chris Jericho and Adam Cole face-to-face confrontation. That, that should be pretty fine. And FTR making an appearance. So, cool. A lot of star power next week. A lot of I'm, star I'm power. really hoping that FTR make an appearance to be confronted by Aussie Open. That's what I really hope happens. <laughs> That'd be nice. Hey, they're in America right now, so anything is possible. But, oh, I just punched my mic on accident. Um, nice. That'll be it for us, guys. And, uh, yeah, any uh, any closing thoughts that you have for the, the fine folks in the Easily Bleed community? Uh, slap Nut. Slap Nut Express. Catch you guys on the flip side, Vision. See you next week. My name is-